Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here with us today. Now, we are in a series where we talked about overwhelm and we explained what it is and how it negatively affects you. And then last episode, we talked a little bit about how to combat overwhelm. And then today, what we're going to be doing is finishing off the things that we can do in order to combat the overwhelm. Now, if you haven't already, we would really appreciate it if you guys would share our podcast with a friend or family member who you think could benefit from this. It really helps our podcast to grow and helps our message get out to more people who need the help. All right, so let's jump right in. So in the last episode, we did talk about key strategies one through five on how to manage overwhelm. So just to recap, the first strategy is prioritization. The second is breaking tasks into smaller steps. Number three is setting realistic goals. Number four is time management. And number five is to delegate. And today we're going to jump in with the rest of them, numbers six through ten. Number six is to practice self-care. Now, practicing self-care is regularly engaging into activities that relax and rejuvenate you. So these don't have to be things that are productive or beneficial as far as like progressing forward what your goals are, but it's time where you really are just kicking your feet up, having some fun, enjoying yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be physically relaxing. It can be something that requires physical action, but the idea behind it is that it should be something that is mentally fun and enjoyable for you. So when you're picking something that you want to do in order to do self-care, just think about those criteria. Is it something fun? Is it something I enjoy doing? Does it make me feel better? Not is it accomplishing some type of productivity goal? Because the idea is we want to be rejuvenated emotionally so that then we are able to then be more productive later. So it's like a precursor to being productive, but itself is not being productive right now in this moment. And I think in addition to practicing the self-care that Tim's talking about with activities that we enjoy and we feel just rejuvenated and restored, there's also just daily self-care practices that we need to make sure that we're doing so that we're functioning at our best. And so I know we've talked about this in another episode, but a lot of times in our culture, self-care is this spa day where you're spending all day and you're taking care of yourselves and treating yourself that way. But in reality, self-care is making sure that you are taken care of. So drinking water that you need, 
making sure you have nourishing foods, getting the sleep that you need. In addition to doing activities like Tim's talking about, if you love to play pickleball, go and play pickleball with friends. Maybe taking just a 10, 15, 20 minute mental health walk where you just get outside and you get some sun, where you're just moving your body. All of these things are important. And like Tim said, it might not feel productive. Sometimes it feels counterproductive, right? Like, oh man, if I take the time to rest, then I'm not going to get all these things done. But like Tim talked about in the last episode, the idea of diminishing returns. If you keep going and you keep pushing, but you're not at your best. So if you're trying to work on a paper and it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 in the morning, and you're nodding off, then you're not really being productive. Even though you feel like, oh, I can't stop to rest. I need to get this done. You're not really getting that done and you're missing out on the rest needed so that you can feel restored in the morning to get it done. So number seven is to limit multitasking. And we talked about this a little bit in the first episode on overwhelm. It's important to focus on one task at a time to improve your concentration and also reduce the stress. So this idea of multitasking really is task switching where you're going back and forth. And I think as a mom, there are times when we are going to multitask, right? I'm going to cook dinner and then while it's boiling or while it's baking, I'm going to go and do something else and get that done. But when I begin to do so much of that, for me, I need to make sure that I'm setting timers because I'm task switching so much, I could forget about things. And so those kind of things make sense because, you know, maybe I'm baking a cake and that takes 30 minutes to do. So I have 30 minutes. I'm not just going to stand in front of the oven until this task is complete. But then I can go and do something. But I'm also setting a timer because I'm not constantly looking at my time and thinking, oh, do I have to go check it? Because when we're multitasking, even though it feels so productive to us, a lot of times we're not getting as much done as if we just really sat down and focused on one task and got it done. And then as we get each of those tasks completed, we have that satisfaction. We have then taken something off of our plate, which then helps with that overall overwhelm. The next thing that we're going to talk about is being mindful. And the idea behind being mindful is just understanding what's happening in your mind and in your body at this very moment. And a lot of times what we're spending time doing is just thinking about what's happening outside of us. Like, okay, this needs to be done, that needs to be done. But being mindful is really just sitting down and kind of taking inventory of what's going on. So I think we talked about in two episodes ago, are we feeling overwhelmed or are we actually feeling anxious? And the way you figure that out is by being mindful, sitting down and thinking like, is this just how I've always felt? Do I always feel overwhelmed, whether there's a lot going on or not? Well, if that's the case, then I'm actually probably just feeling anxious. Or no, actually, there is just a lot more going on than usual, and I'm struggling now in a way that I don't normally. Okay, well, I'm feeling overwhelmed because of everything that's happening. But that's something you can only figure out if you stop and you take time and you're mindful of your thoughts and you're mindful of your normal mode of operation, and then you take that into consideration to figure out what's actually happening with you. And then also in these times when you're being mindful, like, oh, I am being overwhelmed. Okay, I'm overwhelmed. What should I do? Oh, I need to prioritize. Oh, I need to delegate. Oh, I haven't been doing self-care. It also helps you to stop and identify what the solutions are. But if you're not being mindful, 
you're oftentimes going to just kind of try to keep trudging through and then you're going to kind of doom yourself to the same cycle that you've been stuck in. Number nine is to seek support. This is very similar to number five we talked about in the last episode about delegation, but it's important to make sure that you have support around you and that you have family or friends, colleagues, professionals around you, a church body, people around you that can offer support depending on what you're needing in that moment. And I think a lot of times we do have this very individualistic culture And so everyone is doing their own thing and not really looking to see what other people need help with. And it's less of that community feel. But it is important when people ask you, hey, do you need help with anything? That if there is something that they could do, that you aren't hesitant to share it with them. Because a lot of times I think people don't because they're worried about feeling like a burden. But we want to get back to being more of a community and really helping each other out when there's a need. And it's not always the case that if they're offering, they want to help. But a lot of times, people genuinely want to help out. And it does build connection and build bonds along the way. And I do think if somebody offers help, it's not your job to figure out whether or not they're genuine. You should just assume it's genuine. And then if they kind of are curbing you and trying to avoid helping, then just say, okay, well, maybe they didn't want to this time. Right, taking people at their word and just assuming that what they're saying is true. And even as parents, we could see this where the kids are wanting to help with something, where the kids are saying, hey, can I help you bake that mom? Or can I help you do the dishes? Sometimes it can be like, oh, I know it'll take me more time if I take the time to teach them and help them do it. But over time, that's going to pay off if you take the time to teach them. And so I would foster that atmosphere in your own home with your kids of letting them help out, even if it's an inconvenience at times. Now, I can see if you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe that's not the best time to stop and teach them. But knowing that when you're not overwhelmed and you can teach them things, teach them and let them help because it'll pay off and really help you and help them in the long run. And then the last one is learning to say no. Now, this is one of my specialties. I'm really good at this. I love to say no to things. (laughs) Uh, This is something that Ruth maybe isn't so great at, but being able to say no to things really can take a lot of stuff off your plate. They're all good things, but too many good things is still a bad thing. And so being able to say no to things, hey, I don't think I could do that now. Hey, uh, I should take this off my plate or hey, that might be a fun activity, but now is not the time. It could be uncomfortable to do that, but it staves you off from having to be stuck in this feeling or this sense of overwhelm. And I think this is probably one of the major tips is if you have no ability to say no, you are almost always going to be stuck in a state of overwhelm. It doesn't matter how good you are at prioritizing or how good you are at delegating or how good you are at being mindful. If you just keep cramming more and more things on your plate, at a certain point, you just can't do everything and then you're going to be overwhelmed. So if you want to at all have any hope of not being overwhelmed, you do have to learn and have the ability to say no to things. And I would agree. Tim is really great at saying no to things. But I want to add on to that that I can absolutely say no to things that other people ask me about or to be involved with other things if I don't feel like that's right for us. But I could totally see how it looks like I can't say no to people because I say yes a lot, but it's because I want to do all those things. 
I love adventure. I love doing things. And so my problem isn't having a hard time to say no to people. My problem is saying no to myself and all those things that I want to do and learning to say no to even the good things so that we can do great things. And that's that idea that too much of a good thing is not a good thing, right? It can be a bad thing. And so some of this is learning to say no to yourself and setting those boundaries, not necessarily around other people, but setting those boundaries with yourself. And that's something this year I definitely want to work on is having more margin in my calendar and learning to say no to things so that we aren't back to back on things and feeling overwhelmed. Not being able to say no is going to lead us to taking on more than we can handle. And then like Tim said, it's going to lead us to that constant state of overwhelm. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And that's what these key strategies are in this episode to be able to manage overwhelm and really prevent it in the future. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, all those tips sound great, but actually I've tried all of those and none of them have really seemed to work. What really you're probably more struggling with is anxiety. You're struggling with unresolved traumas. And this is something that we definitely can help you guys out with. We have our new coaching program, Coaching with Truth. And if you feel like, man, I just can't fix this problem, I can't get out of the state of overwhelm or I can't get away from this anxiety, that's definitely something that we can help you guys out with. In the description below, we're going to have a Calendly event that you can click on and you can schedule either a consultation with us or you can book an appointment and then we can get started right away. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.